Mangalam Guru Devaya Devye Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Vrindevya Sarva Lokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarva Dharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharam Ajamam Ashmarachara Prayantam Bande Guru Parambaram Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Reva Param Brahman Tasmai Sri Guru Venama Sri Guru Pyonama Sri Ganesha Sharada Guru Pyonama Jai Ma Jai Ma You want to come closer so I can see you? I don't have to jump <laughs> so far away Jai Ma so today, a very auspicious day. Today is the fifth day, Panchami, of Devi Navaratri, the nine-nine festival uh, to worship of, of the worship of the goddess. This number nine is a universal number for the goddess. Even in the Catholic tradition, we have novenas, where you recite uh, the rosary for over nine days and fasting like this. So it's even nine nights or nine days is important. <clears throat> and today, the Panchami, is especially sacred. This is known as Lalita Panchami. So it's especially worship, uh, sacred for the worship of Lalita Chaparasundari. And today also every year we worship the Sri Chakarsh on the shrine above Pridhama Mother's feet and above Sri Ramakrishna's head in the silver throne with a crystal Sri Yantra. Uh, so that uh, worship daily, but once a year with elaborate rites called Navarana Puja. Uh, our elaborate rites are much simpler than most people with elaborate rites. We, think we, we do it once a year on this day. And also many people have been following the, the Navadurga Sarana. I don't know if you've, maybe some of you have seen it on our website or Facebook and the like, or I've sent it to you. It's a very traditional, I'm actually, I'm not, it's, it's very traditional. It's become extremely popular as of late, you know. Uh, because people want to do something. People want to do sadhana during Navaratri. You know, and so this is the worship of the Navadurgas is sadhana people can do. And they're they're listed up here on the on the okay, we have a full cameraman. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> right. So uh, these forms these nine forms of, of the goddess in Durga. And today is the fifth day, so today is a worship of uh, Skanda Mata, the mother of Kartikeya Skanda. Right, very beautiful. And we may, maybe we'll talk a little bit about, if we get to it, uh, a little bit of their tradition of the Navadurgas. But this is a very popular form of, of devotion. And um, they, they represent different, they can be seen as representing, um, they're very popular, but actually they have deep, very deep meaning. Each one of them represents a different planet. Each one of them represents a different tattva or element. Each one of them represents a different chakra. Right, our different stage of spiritual life. So, as we progress through the, of course, we, in nine days you should be in samadhi by the end, fully liberated. 
right time you get the city uh, prada, but uh, we we enact the whole um, uh, by meditation on these goddesses we enact the 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 the, the arc of the soul's journey or the soul's uh, uh, the soul's journey through spiritual life. We maybe go through that a little bit. And so, <clears throat> so that's another thing. And so, and 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 tomorrow is Shasti, the sixth day. Now, in different parts of India, everywhere in India, is it too loud or not loud enough? Not loud enough. Okay, I hear myself. But... Thank you. There are so many ways to worship, to celebrate this Navaratri. Like the worship of, Nav- of Navadurgas is one form. Um, in the Gujarati community, they do Garba. Garba is a wonderful, uh, it's all night dancing. Right? With God. It's like, a, I think it's everything in the material world has a, is a perverted reflection of the spiritual world. And everything in the material world gets, again, perverted and twisted and reflected. Right? Uh, uh, so... The garba is is is, uh, is a reenactment of the spiritual um, of Rasa Lila, ultimately. The dance with Krishna and the gopis like this, and um, uh, but it's connected to the goddess also. But then, so that's beautiful, and then it gets re- reflected again, I think, in in modern culture as raves, where all night <laughs> dance parties. You know? In the Gujarati community, there's no ecstasy involved. Oh, there's ecstasy, but not not of the chemical form. <laughs> Really, the spiritual, uh, subtle spiritual quality of it, uh, and really, you know, you may not know it actually, but tonight itself, and definitely today, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So here in, in in Irvine, there'll be ten thousand people mm-hmm. dancing from eight o'clock at night to four in the morning, the whole night, right at at the uh, Brent Center and at the uh, Anaheim Convention Center. Right. It used to be in high schools, high school auditorium. Now it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So, but, and even their friends, you won't know that that the whole night you, you get your friends with your you have Gujarati fan and you're like, oh, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, we're doing good. What have you been up to? Oh, nothing. <laughs> they don't know that the whole night they've been dancing. The entire family generation, from little girls to uh, um, uh, strapping young men and beautiful women, young girls, old ladies, widows, everyone's dancing the whole night with God in the center. When they dance, you have seen that stick dance, the dandiya? That's part one of the dances of the garba. And garba means hidden. So it's interesting that this is a hidden thing. Most people don't know. But and in, the, in this country, tens of thousands, tonight itself, dancing the whole night. Dancing with God in the center with her family. Very beautiful. Then uh, And then in the north India, we, we have a tradition, Himalaya is like that, of worshipping the first three, it's separated into, into three sections. The first three nights, they worship Kali, Mahakali or Mahadurga. The second three nights they worship Maha Saraswati. And the last three nights they worship Maha No, Maha Lakshmi. And the last three nights they worship Maha Saraswati. Kali, Saraswati and Lakshmi. And this is considered very um there's a beautiful book, you may actually have it, I'm not sure. Um, by Swami Chirananda from the Divine Life Society, talks he gave during these nine nights. Uh, better than the talk we gave on these nine nights. Uh, and he talks about these that at Shivanandasham they celebrate it that way, they observe it this way. And he says that the first the first three nights you have to destroy so much ignorance has to be uh, overcome. Right? Uh, uh, the negative things Mahakali is a destroyer, Mahadurga, transformer, destroyer, protector. And so and then he has this beautiful line, he says, What we we're not used to worshipping God as a destroyer, 
doesn't seem like a good thing, right? Of course, we have it's a different thing. We we've we bifurcated the powers of God into an all good God and all powerful and all an all bad uh, uh, devil. But here, everything is ne- neither good nor bad. It's just the, the full spectrum of life, right? And the life itself is very difficult. It has natural suffering and and difficulty and and uh, violence and cruelty within it, within the structure of life itself. So that Mahakali is that. But here she's invoked to destroy the things that are holding us back, our bestial nature, our lower propensities, our tamaguna. And she, uh, uh, and so Swami Chidana has this great line. He says, she she destroys but to save. That's my favorite line in the whole book. Right? And he describes it like 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 um like an antibiotic. Right? You take antibiotic, it's it's very violent actually, it's killing something. But it's saving you. Right. Not a not a debate on a, on the use of antibiotics in modern culture. <laughs> Very basic principle. I understand the principle, not the <laughs> the uh, 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 biopolitical <laughs> realities of the pharma political realities. But uh, uh, so Ma Kali is is invoked for these three days to, to destroy the negative, and then Ma Lakshmi is invoked for the next three days to, in a certain sense, invoke the positive. Right, she comes not. Of course, we sometimes think of Malakshmi as a giver of wealth and health and money and happiness and prosperity and food, and she's that. That's at the material level. But as a, as a yogi, as a, a sannyasi, a yogi, as a spiritual aspirant, sadhak, you can't just worship for that. I mean, you can get a job for that, right? You know, you can. You know, you don't need to worship the goddess in order to get prosperity, live a good life, work hard. That is, but that is the goddess as, as Lakshmi supporting. Principle, but Lakshmi here means that what supports our spiritual life, and that supports as we remove the negative, we invoke the positive, and we and she supports that, and specifically for sadhaks, that is sadhana shakti, Swamiji says, so we worship Lakshmi as sadhana sadhana shakti. Of course, in order to do sadhana, you need to have health and good, you know, uh, enough to eat and the safe safety and all that. That Lakshmi appears as that both material and spiritual. And then Maha Saraswati is Maha Saraswati is that she is a goddess of refinement, of art, of scripture, of knowledge, of wisdom, of of, of um. So she's what is she dressed in white? Herself. Kali is black, right? Naked with wild hair, right? Uh, Lakshmi is dressed in is 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 is, is uh, uh, dressed in red out of of, of Parashakti, but Saraswati is dressed in pure white. Right, and she holds a classical instrument, and she holds, she chants on a crystal mala, not just not even rajaksha mala, crystal mala. She holds the Vedas. Everything is refined and refined and refined and refined. The purest, purest sattva of sattva, right? And so, of course, we worship materially. She's worshipped for as art and wisdom and knowledge and education, like this. But for spiritual life, we need refinement. We need very refined consciousness. The Upanishad that says the self is obvious but hard to see. There's a very interesting. How how can it be obvious? It's the only reality, but we don't see it. But it says it can be seen, right? With a refined mind, right? We don't have that refined mind that requires Sarasati's grace, a refined intellect. I can't say intellect. We use the word wrong. It's actually the term. Actually, we'll use this, and we'll come upon this in the Chandi we'll read today. It's called Medas. Medas means a very refined intelligence. And just today, I was just kind of just loose reading, trying to figure out what I'm going to say today, and I still don't know what I'm going to say today. I have a few uh, disparate ideas. Um, uh, Devi Vanamali has a beautiful book on the on the goddess, and she defines she defines Medus as intelligence infused with love. That was a very interesting definition, right? So it's not just 
intellect. It's very refined, it's spiritual intelligence, right? So that the type of intelligence allows you to understand and behold subtle reality, the self itself or God herself, right? So that means so that's Saraswati. So Mahalakshmi, Mahakali, Maha Saraswati, and Maha. I'm getting all mixed up here. <laughs> Today we've chanted the name of uh, 500 devis in Aitya Chakra Puja, and they got, they're got they all dancing in my head right now, so forgive me. <laughs> Maha Kali, Maha Lakshmi, and Maha Saraswati. And the Chandi itself, which we'll get to, actually is separated. The three main secular Chandi is dedicated to Maha Kali, Maha Lakshmi, and Maha Saraswati. We'll go back to that. That's another form of worship. Then the, the, in the pure Shakta Tantric traditions, they worship the Dash Mahavijas. They're seen above here. Kali, Tara, Shodashi, Bhavanishri, Bhairavi, Chinnamasta, Dumavati, Bhagalamukhi, Matangi, and Kamala. Yeah, right? Yeah, Matangi and Kamala. These are, um, uh, these are, they're, they're considered forms of, they're Mahavijas, great sources of knowledge. Right. Each one, the path of knowledge or state, or can be seen as a path, a stage of the path, and very deep, not easy to describe. In an introductory talk, it's impossible to describe, but they're the ten forms of the tantric forms of the goddess. You can see, we can say actually the, the Navadurgas, they're shakta, they're pure shakta forms. So the Devi Upasaks, the worshippers of the goddess, worship the Dashma, the, the Navadurgas. But there's the Kali worshippers and the um, the the, the tant- those in tantric lineages. The Dash Mahabijas are very, very important. Uh, and so today, actually, by that lineage, if we start Kali on Amavasha, right, where are we? Bhairavi and Chinnamasta, at the very auspicious day. <laughs> so we won't go. Chinnamasta cuts off our own head. We've given many talks on Chinnamasta, so we can look those up if you're interested. So that's another uh, thing, uh, way at, that this uh, Nava, Nava Ratri is being uh, honored and observed, right? Uh, but in Bengal, this is the special festival of Bengalis, right? This is known as Durga Puja, and Durga Puja starts tomorrow, right? This, this Nava Ratri, they don't celebrate Nava Ratri, this Nava Ratri, this nine days, or this period of time from the, from the new moon to the full moon, they call it Devi Paksha. This is the, 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 the period of time, the, the half, uh, half the month uh, uh, that's dedicated to the goddess, right? And then it peaks with tomorrow, uh, uh, um, Shasti, when Ma Durga is said to come home. So this has many, many bewildering layers, but uh, the core of it in, 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 in the devotee's heart is like a mother. To, we really think of, of, of the Divine Mother as our mother, perhaps, as our mother, right? The Divine Mother is our mother. But there's a mood where you can worship the Divine Mother. Almost, she's your mother, but she's also your child, your daughter, right? Daughter of the house. And the stories of, of, of Sati and Parvati, where you know, Parvati gets married, Uma gets married to, to Shiva, and that's it's a long, complicated story, right? Parvati does a year, thousands of years of tapasya to get Shiva as a husband, right? And then he goes. They have a beautiful, incredible wedding. Um, uh, shown in 900 volumes of Devanki Dev Mahadev on <laughs> beautiful Hindi uh, uh, show. Uh, took us two or three years to go through them. I think half of them are the wedding scene. <laughs> it's a tremendous how many. Right? You learn a lot about Indian weddings from that. Um, but then what happens? She goes off. Our beautiful daughter, the divine mother, our the divine daughter, right? Who's used? She's a princess of this house, used to the fine things of life. Princesses don't have to work. 
They don't have to, they never, uh, uh, their feet don't even touch the ground. Little in ancient times, they'd carried from place to place. You know, they get there's no. And I'll, what is she now? She's with some mendicant living up in the woods in the in the wild, right near cremation grounds. And it, we've heard rumors about him. He's matted locks. He's almost like him, matted locks, smoking ganja, covered in ash, right? Uh, his he's his his friends. He has a motley group of friends of Buddhas and pretas. These are ghosts and goblins and spirits and, you know. We all know the types, you know, those types, you know, the, 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 the thing is, he likes them. These are his friends. These are his attendees are his devotees. Right. And so you think our, our daughter, our beautiful daughter, who's we've given everything, has left and married such a care. We know he's God, but still, what type of life is she living when he's when and, and this is this is part of also this is changing as modern culture changes. But this is part of the Indian um, um, field that that in in. In most Indian culture, uh, throughout a long time now, it's changing. Daughter, when they when the daughter comes to marital age, they leave home, and they go live with, in the father's house, in the in the husband's house, right? So it's a huge that there's reasons for this, good and bad. That's not our discussion, but um, but the fact is, the daughter you've treated like anything has has left, and now she's in somebody else's house, right? Taking care of somebody else's family. Right, being uh, and so here she here in our house she's your daughter and you take care of her and now she's certain now she's not being taken care of she's an adult now she's taking care of another person's family, right? So you imagine that and but what type of person is Shiva, right? And what type of house she has? she has no house she lives outside there's no there's no uh, 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 you know you think about it the, the the anxiety would be very great if you had such a daughter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so once a year she comes home. Right, so this is the mood. This is part of the mood that the, these ancient stories have been mixed with the human sentiment and with our own relationships with our daughters and wives and husbands and the, the, the dynamics of our normal family of, of the dynamics of family life, right? And then the dynamics of spiritual life get mixed and blended. And she, when she comes home, what are you going to do? You, there's one rule: she can't work. Right, and that's a general rule in India that when the daughter comes back home from from the husband's house. When she comes home, she can't do any housework. She can't cook. She can't clean. She can. She gets served by the family. And I have a, a, a cute story. If, for at least for me, it's cute. And uh, when I was when I one time when I was in Allahabad at our Guruji's ashram, right? And and he's asking me what we're doing, all the details of Kali Mandir, and then who's cooking. I said, well, so I'm, you know, I'm, I do a lot of the cooking here. Right? Oh, good. You can cook. Right? You can go in the kitchen. We can make some kitchen. He immediately got all excited. You can cook. And I said, no, Guruji, I've taken a, a, a vow. So what vow is that? Oh, in India, I don't cook. <laughs> because in America, I cook a lot, right? So there I don't cook, right? Uh, and so he laughed and laughed and laughed. He goes, oh, yes, you're the daughter of this house, right? <laughs> when you've gone off to your husband's house, <laughs> meaning Kali Mandir in America, there you have to work and serve somebody. When you come here, you don't have to cook. You don't do any work. <laughs> we'll feed you and bring you tea and, you know. Do your laundry, everything like that. So I am the daughter of that house. You know, that sentiment can still be whatever, even if it's, I'm the daughter of the house. And I've been sent to my husband's house, which is Kali Mandir, <laughs> to serve all of you, you know. So it's a very, uh, uh, so when she comes home, it's a huge festival, right? And you spend the whole year gathering you gifts and you make the best food and you hire the best musicians and you have a huge party, right? So that's one mood. But within that, it's still 
who's being invoked. It's not just a, it's not just a daughter of your house. That's the mood. You have that bhava towards the goddess. You can you can hold her this way and think of her this way. But who is she? She's the goddess of the universe. She's Parashakti. She's Durga, right? So she's not a normal Durga. Is I mean she can't be held by society. She's not the daughter of anybody's house. She's no one's daughter actually. No one's wife actually, right? These stories we we used to try to hold her and try to think of her. Right, she's a very, and then you go into things. She's not only supreme goddess herself; she's the supreme reality that can't be held. That's one level. Another thing, she is an ancient goddess. She's a, a primordial goddess. She's a jungle goddess, a forest goddess, Vana Durga, Vana Kali, right? And you come from the Vidya Mountain, the Vindya Vasini, one of her names, the one who who is born from the Vindya Mountains. Vindya Mountains now, even now, the Vindya Mountains are are almost tribal. This is tribal area. This is Adivasi uh, scheduled tribes in India. Right, and it was it would it was deep jungle, right? And the tribal the tribals worshipped this ancient these ancient forms of the goddess, and we went and, and the people in society in the towns and villages they know they have to they, they go to the edge of the forest and there they make offerings to her and sacrifices to her and then come we try to get her blessings, right, and her bounty because they know but there you do with great fear, Durga is 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 uh, is she she's uh, with ten arms she's a wild uh, primordial tribal goddess. Right, so she's also that. But how do you think of that? How do you invite that into it? You know, so but but you immediately you can control that. You can you can you can hold it with devotion through this bhava of mother and child, or child and mother, both. Right, both. She's no, she's our mother, Ma. Right, whatever she is to the tribals, whatever she is to the yogis and the Vedantists and the and the philosophers, to us she's our she's our mother. Right, but then no, to us she's our daughter. Right. And what about the other goddesses like Lakshmi and Saraswati? Oh, these are her daughters, right? You know, so so when when Durga comes or in Durga Puja, she comes with her family. They call it Durga Parivar, Durga's family, right? So it's Durga, and her two daughters, Lakshmi and Saraswati. In other form, we usually think these are different aspects of the goddess, but here, they're her. This is a fam. This is a family, holding these cosmic principles and fearful goddesses. In the in 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 pure uh, bhavas, right? So she's our daughter. These are her daughters. So Lakshmi and Saraswati and her two sons, who are Ganesha, of course, and Kartikeya. Skanda Mata, we worshiping today. Uh, Skanda Kartikeya, Shumuka. Right. Uh, so she comes, and so on tomorrow on on sh- sh- on Shasti, 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 right? Shiva brings her brings her brings the family right and so tomorrow and this is a day when the durga images are installed in the homes temporarily made right and um uh, and um, sons-in-laws are honored and fed and all their favorite foods are are made because the way on you have you honor shiva comes you you give him all the you give him all honor and everything he wants and good food and like that and then he goes back home leaving he drops off his wife and kids right to, to the in-laws right and let them have and people are just waiting. You have to do everything nicely for Shiva, for Shiva when he's there. But as soon as he goes, ah, <laughs> now we can be natural. We have to be a little formal around him, right? But now we can be natural with our own daughter and our grandchildren. We can we can lavish attention on them, right? So it's uh, so on Saptami and Ashtami and Navmi. These are those. So there's so who, but also there's. I don't want to get. I have to be careful. I don't want to be and an offend anybody's. Uh, spiritual sentiment, but this festival is so has layer after layer after layer of meaning. It's also it's an it's a it's an autumn festival, 
right? This is during like that. So it has has uh, a couple different uh, connections. One is that it's also Durga is a warrior goddess, right? She all of her all of her her ten arms have weapons. She's a marsh. Her story, her chandi is all martial exploits, right? Uh, 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 and so. Some have some scholars and anthropologists have have said actually that that she was worshipped. Actually, what happens at this time is the sea the the harvest season is finished, right? So now your granaries are full, right? Every you collect like that. So what happens if your granaries are full, right? People try to steal your your your, your grains. People try to steal your food, right? Or you attack your neighbors and try to steal their food, right? Because this is a this is when 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 Communities attack communities. Kingdoms would attack, attack kingdoms, right? So there's some references to that, and so a lot of the images of Durga and the, the wild music like that. These are these are um, um, uh, uh, people would worship her and then go as 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 to get in the blessings for 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 uh, uh, for uh, a battle. There's a modern movie. I saw it on the plane on the way to India. One of these 19-hour movies, <laughs> very long Indian movies. Very dramatic. I'm trying to remember. It's a, it's one of these big, larger than life Bollywood movies that's dealing with um, um maybe the Rajput. Put, uh, it may have been. It may have been. It's in that category. There's two, three movies that came around that time, uh, maybe like that. But there's a scene that really got. I mean, it's super hyped and very Bollywood, right? But it showed two army, two kings and two armies, right? And the two are ready, ready to go, right? And and this is an uh, an unpleasant part of the ancient tradition is they do animal sacrifice. We don't do animal sacrifice, right? But what they do right before the attack, attacking the army, they 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 the, the king would sacrifice a buffalo in front of the goddess, and then with her appeased and her with her shakti, they attack. And in this scene, the, when it came time for the other the, the the hero in this story, he instead of like he cut his own arm and offered his own blood and yay and it went off you know it's a very very uh very something but that's also something to it you know the worship of uh, uh um krishna had arjuna do kali puja and durga puja before fighting the, Mahab- the mahabharata war right he needed ma he needed ma's blessings for the for the battle even ram this is one of the one another tradition that ram it said that ram started durga puja ram kasita had been had been stolen and kidnapped by Ravana, and she was given an ultimatum. She, by the time Hanuman found her, she'd already been kidnapped 10, 11 months. And, and, and Ravana gave, in one year, if you don't come to me, I shall kill you. Right? So, and so properly, in, in, as per the story, right, uh, Durga Puja, the, the, the goddess worship season was supposed to be in the spring when nature wakes up. Right during the fall, nature goes to sleep. The divine mother goes to sleep. You don't do this puja in the wall. But Han, but Ram couldn't wait till spring because Sita would be killed. He needed Ma's blood. Of course, why Ram could just go kill Ravana, but no, no, he has to get the power of Devi, right? The blessings of Ma Durga in order the, 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 in order to be successful in battle. So it says he woke her up. That's actually tomorrow's uh, puja. It's called Akal Bodhana, right? I think it means untimely awakening. She wakes Ma up when she's asleep. She just went to sleep. It's fall. Everything in nature is going to sleep. You have to wake her up, right? Uh, so that's another aspect of this this martial aspect of the goddess, a war goddess, warrior goddess. But then we internalize that we're not we're not we're not worshiping her to go to war, right? Who knows? We're not like yeah, Ma Durga. Now let's go attack 
somebody, you know, one of the Koreas or something, you know, it's like, that's not the, that's not the mood of Kali Puja now or Durga Puja now, right? So we again internalize this. We know it's a, the battle. It may be a description of an ancient battle or way it was worshipped in ancient times, but yogis and spiritual people now, they see it as an internal battle. Right, we need Madurga. We need the 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 marsh, the the Shakti, this Maha Shakti, to fight. We have the battle, and the Chandis is is always a battle between the gods and the demons, right? Uh, uh, um, and maybe literally the gods and demons, the powers of these powers and principalities, uh, uh, in, in nature or internally, the, the thing that we symbolically can assign and see. We have all the demons and gods mentioned in the scriptures. We also have them within us. Right, battling, so we invite, we invoke Devi, and she fights or helps us fight. Very important. That's another aspect. Right, uh, so many, so many things, and and you see within Durga Puja, he's like, oh, everybody, oh my, you know, they treat her like a loving daughter. But then like the the, the rhythms of the dock, and the, it's like it's tribal and martial, and people swing swords and you know dance with fire. It's like it's like how is this just inviting your daughter back home? There's so many. It's layers and layers and layers. It's a very interesting thing. And then it's incredibly, tantrically, it's an extremely complicated ritual. The Durga Puja, as properly performed, is extremely difficult. It would only be performed by kings at one time because of the, the extreme expense to do it. Nowadays, it's being done more and more by communities and things like Some people, some families are doing it, but it's very costly, very complicated. The gathering of all the ingredients. So it's also, it's high, it's like the highest level of tantric ritual. Right, so it's like so many things. Pure devotion. It's also just a cultural fit, like Christmas. Christmas is a is a in one thing you could say a purely spiritual uh, event, when when God incarnate came, the Savior came, was incarnated. Right. It's also a pagan festival, right? Right. That that, that uh, of the sun connected like that. It's also, but it's also. I mean, whether or not the, whatever the pagans thought, whatever the Christian think, right? It's 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 a, it's a cultural festival. Right, it's a, fam- it's a time for family, or reconnecting, gift giving, reconnecting, uh, all those things. It does that too. So Durga Puja also does that, right? So Durga Puja and Navaratri is layer after layer after layer, very fascinating. <clears throat> but primarily for 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 uh, Navaratri, especially Bengal, is 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 is, uh, is a worship of Durga. And the rest, and and there's many important texts like the tantras, but the tantras are are ritual texts, ritually ritual uh, manuals, right? Without, I can't say without philosophy, they have tremendous philosophy. It's not like a book on philosophy. Philosophy is not stated; it's understood and implied. It, that's trained by guru, disciple, uh, parampara, right? And esoteric understanding of the verses of the texts. Right, so the the tantras and they're 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 complicated and they're a fairly late addition the way they've come up, but the shakta tradition that supports that's the foundation of the shakta tantras, the god the goddess tradition that goes way back. You can, you could say it, it's we we believe and even anthropologists say that this is one of the earliest traditions of the world, the, the mother god, the worship of the mother goddess, right, and. There's a very interesting, I suggest you can see it on YouTube or something. I think it's called, it's by BBC. I think it's called um, When God Was a Girl, right? It's a very good, uh, very interesting. I mean, it's for BBC. It's not a, it's not a, you know, but it's very interesting. It's showing about the goddess tradition through, throughout Mesopotamia and Europe and Mexico here, here itself. We have the, we have all, we have the pantheon of, 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 um, 
uh, uh, South American, Native American uh, uh, of gods, but that pantheon of gods has a mother, right? The mother of the gods, you know. So we have, we have. I mean, we, the ancient tradition go far enough back; it becomes an ancient mother tradition, goddess tradition, uh, feminine, the divine feminine. So, but in many places, it's it's definitely been some places it's been completely lost. Other places it's been kind of lost. Some places it's been masked, masked, right? So now you have the worship of Mary instead of the worship of Isis or the worship of Our Lady Guadalupe instead of Quatlique and Tenancen, like like this. You have where the goddess is still, the mother is still being worshipped in a new way with a new face, right? But in India is unique. You have right now, how many how many how many Hindus are there in the world right now? You know, how many people in India? Like I forget the number. Is real? So you have to imagine roughly a billion people, plus or minus a million people. <laughs> yeah, so I say, are are whatever their sectarian orientation, and even whatever even within their religion, even if even Muslims and Christians, right? There's so many are worshiping the Divine Mother today, this these days, right? So this is the thing where the goddess tradition is not. It's not that everyone's only a goddess worshiper. There's certain sects that are that are shaktas or the Devi Upasak, the worshippers of, of the mother. But India has not forgotten the Divine Mother, right? And so these days you really get to see, you appreciate that it's still, imagine what the world was like when the whole world was like this, or most of the world was like this. Now, uh, still a billion people is not bad. It's not enough, but not bad, a worship of the Divine Mother, right? <clears throat> So in India, so and so uh, uh, it, within all the, the Shakta tradition of the ancient worship of the goddess, there's many important texts, although much, a lot of the tradition is oral and in families and in villages and in lineages, kulas and things like that. But you can, you can if you look, is there any text that best represents it, right? And so one of those texts is called the Devi Mahatmyam, uh, or, or also known as the Chandi. Right. And for many years, we, we, we read every night and gave talks on the Chandi uh, during Navaratri, but our crowds got too big uh, um, and for the neighborhood, so we had to stop. So now we're giving one talk on the Chandi instead of ten talks or nine talks on the Chandi. Yeah, we've done that the last few years. Uh, uh, and so in the last few years, we've talked different parts of it. So I'm thinking part that we haven't spoken in a while is a section I'm going to talk about. But the Chandi itself is a beautiful, it's from the text called the Markandeya Purana. Um, it's a huge, Markandeya Purana, I forget exactly, it's like 70-something thousand verses. It's one of the largest books of mankind, right? It's second Purana, it's second only to the, um, to the, um, uh, 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 Skanda Purana, which is at 90,000 verses, 96,000 verses. Mahabharata is 100,000 plus verses. Right. If you get to think of, it's nice to think of like the, the immensity of these texts. Mahabharata at 100,000 verses is what are the two? Iliad and Odyssey. These are two great epics, right? Back to back 10 times, roughly. <laughs> so it's a huge book, right? So that's Mahabharata. That's famous, right? But less famous is Padma Purana. Less famous is Markandeya Purana. While Markandeya Purana is not that famous, the, these 700 verses are extremely famous. While Mahabharata is very famous, I bet you most people have not read Mahabharata. Started, it's, I mean, most people haven't read the Iliad and the Odyssey, you know, mm -hmm. right? you know, <laughs> you know what to speak of, of, of. So, but a lot of you have probably read or heard about the Bhagavad Gita, right? Within that hundred thousand verses, there is these seven. There's a there's a conversation, maybe spontaneous or inserted into the Mahabharata, 
right? Uh, 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 and people said, well, that's significant, right? The whole thing may be incredible, but I don't. It, we don't know how to relate to it, and we don't know how what, what to read. But the Bhagavad Gita has people have noticed this is something special, and then by popularity and a lot of important people, Mahatma Gandhi, a lot of important people have emphasized Shankaracharya wrote commentary on it. Where all of a sudden, the importance of the Bhagavad Gita became stronger and stronger and stronger. Where now people think, oh, what's the main text of Hinduism? Oh, Bhagavad Gita, it's the Bible of Hinduism. There's no Bible of Hinduism. Bhagavad Gita isn't the Bible of Hinduism. But it becomes, pretty soon, it's become almost that important, right? It's become very central. So for the Divine Mother tradition, the goddess tradition, right, the Chandi or the Dev Mahatma has become like that. It's also 700 verses, right? Uh, uh, technically a little bit less, but the number numbering system has been adjusted to make it exactly 700 verses. The namastasya, namastasya, each namastasya is considered a verse in order to make it, to make the, the number count. 700 significant number. Right. Um, so that's a very, um, uh, uh, and, and, and in that, uh, uh, um, so there we, so generally, talk, actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step, uh, step back before continuing about the Chandi. Um, because in the Chandi, the main deity of the Chandi is Durga, and the main story of Durga is there. And in the second section of the Chandi, there was a great demon, Mahishasura, the great uh, 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 buffalo demon. And she was invoked when she, the, the demons, Mahishasura and his armies took over uh, hell and then took over earth and then took over heaven. right? And so we've given lots of hundreds of hours of interpretation of the, of the story. Uh, but when a demon, you can see our animalistic, Mahisha is like our, it's a very crude aspect of ourselves. Uh, passionate, crude, uh, unrefined passion, I guess we would describe him. He's animalistic. He represents uh, my buffalo. Very powerful, but not very smart. This is passion, <laughs> unbridled, unrefined passion, you can say, right? Uh, of a buffalo. Um, and we can see when that takes over, that's a problem, right? So we, he, uh, the gods invoke, losing their position, they invoke the, uh, the Divine Mother. And it says that from... Um, uh, 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 from within each of the devas, within all the gods, uh, uh, their shakti, first Vishnu, a light came from Vishnu, then a light came from Shiva, a light came from Brahma, a light came from Varuna, a light came from Indra, all the different, the main gods, I think 30 gods or 33 gods are mentioned, right? And they create an, an, a, a beautiful goddess, right? Uh, that, that, that's Chandi Madurga. And she goes and defeats Mahishasura and his army. And the stories are there in the second, third, fourth, uh, chapters of the of the of the Chandi, right? Uh, uh, uh. So that's the main way, the main story of how Durga came. She came from the combined the gods made her, as the story seems to say. But actually, that's not what the story actually says, because nowhere in the Chandi is that interpretation support. Although it says that, as you can see, like if we were like, okay, let's we're in trouble. Let's create a goddess. So you give a little energy, and you give a little energy, and solar our energy, we go. Ah, See, she's, she's, she's come, we've built her. And you can see this is the problem. The male ego, which these stories represent, think that. Look what, we, look what our power is. Right? And there's a thing in Sanskrit, Shakti and Shaktiman. Shakti means energy, and Shaktiman is the possessor of energy, the energetic. Right? So Shakti is feminine, and Shaktiman is masculine by grammar and by cultural connection. Right? So they think, oh, see, our power. Right? But it's an interesting thing to say, our, our power, that it is how you say it, right? You say, my power is like, because it's my power. Or if you say my power, well, without it, I'm nothing. I have, I have no power, right? So, you know, it's like it's the same thing could be my power or realize, oh, my God, that's my power. 
Without it, I'm, I'm nothing, right? And so that's really the mood of the Chandi, right? It's a Shakta tradition. It's not like, oh, the, the gods, they put forth their energy and we couldn't fight her, we couldn't fight Mahisha on our own, but we'll put our energy together and our energy will go and we'll kill her, we'll kill him through our energy. No, no, they couldn't, they, they, they were defeated by, by, embarrassing actually, they were defeated by a buffalo, you know. <laughs> when Indra, the king of the gods, and all the gods are defeated by a buffalo, I mean, it's, it's not a very impressive state. Indra's not impressive in many of the Puranic stories. <laughs> he represents the ego and like that, right? So what happened is, so instead, when they realized, oh my God, in a time of need, their own Shakti came out, but not like their power. Realizing they're nothing, they're just a shape. They're a container. They're a manifestation. The real shakti—it's independent of them. It's them. It's their power, but it's independent of them. So it's a tricky—it's a tricky thing. But that's really the mood of the of the, of the chendi. So their power came forth. Their real power essence came forth, and she destroyed Mahisha and his uh, army. So that's the most common story of the chendi. And we, I think last year we told that story more elaborately. Right, and I think maybe I'm not. I was trying to remember if last year I told there's a secondary story that most people don't know. So I want to give you a little, because uh, another important text besides the Chandi is called the Devi Bhagavatam. That's eight. It's like the Bhagavad Bhagavatam is eighteen thousand verses. Devi Bhagavatam, believe it or not, is eighteen thousand verses. Right, it's a very ancient text and very sophisticated. I mean, can't say it's, it's an ancient tradition. The text itself can be dated, not you know. Uh, uh, scholarly dating is different than devotional <laughs> uh, 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 faith statements on ages of text, you know. But um, it's very has a lot of very important shakta uh, stories in it and philosophy, and in it, it it gives an alternate story for the birth of Durga and why she's called Durga, right? So it says that uh, uh, there was a demon. His name was Durga, Durgama. Right, not Durga Ma, rather Durga Ma. Durga Ma was it, and Durga means difficult, right? Uh, 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 struggle, right? Uh, 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 suffering or, or uh, problem. This is like a difficulty or difficult is, is so he's that, and he's trying to fight the gods, but he's not winning. It's very hard for one little demon to fight all the gods, but it turns out it's actually not that hard, right? You know, they can, like how easy a demons can overcome up. I sometimes joke, you know, all 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 humans need, you know, if God if a demon comes up and we, uh, uh, wave some a toy in front of us, we immediately get lost. We're like, oh wow, <laughs> and then we're gone. <laughs> so it's not that hard for us to, to get pulled away, right? So, but he he in the ancient world, even now, if you want any power, if you want to accomplish something, you need to work for it, right? So if you want to over, if you want to defeat the demons, how to do it? He thought, how can I have to use my mind on my own? I can't defeat the demons. Where do they get their power? They're getting their power because there's brahmanas doing yagya chanting the Vedas. They're chanting Vedic mantras. Those mantras are, are transforming the things of the earth into a divine exchange economy with the gods, right? The gods are getting their strength, right, from the Vedas, from the Vedic mantras. So if there's no more Vedic mantras, then easily we can the gods will have nothing to eat and gods will easily be defeated. So he began to do thousands of years of difficult austerity. Right, I've, I'm forgetting just now, but most likely, like Hiranyakashipu, like they stand on one leg and you know, do tremendous austerity, and then worshiping Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma appears and says, "What do you want?" And uh, uh, he says, "I simply, I, you know, you become, you are the father of the Vedas. 
the Vedas come from you. Right? Actually, uh, uh, Veda and Brahma, the word Brahma and Veda is sometimes in scriptures interchanged. Right? Lord Brahma with his four heads are the four Vedas that's interpreted this way, right? So it says, Akli, you are the father of the Vedas, right? I simply ask you, please give me the Vedas. Oh, fine, fine. Tadastu. May it be so. Yeah. <laughs> right? What happened when he when they got the Vedas? It means now nobody else had the Vedas. Right? The the uh, the Vedas disappeared. Nobody knew a Vedic mantra. They all nobody they were forgotten. Right? The Brahmanas whose job it is to keep this inter, inter exchange between the gods and the humans, right? They didn't know what to do. They're they're pouring ghee into the fire, nothing's happening, they don't they don't just like <laughs> they're just wasting ghee. <laughs> right? You know, they're not they're not uh, uh, nothing's happening. No there's no Vedic recitation, no mantras are known, no beach mantras, no yagya. Uh, so what happens? Every, the gods begin to starve. It says, this is an ancient world way of looking at things, that says that the gods have a, a unique situation, that they, can, they, can, um, uh, they can't feed themselves. I mean, you see, you've heard that story, I think it's maybe also, the, I think there's a, a sub-story in the Mahabharata, if you've read the 100,000 verses, this is one that you may have missed, where a story where uh, uh, like, uh, there's a, a challenge given with the Kauravas or something like that between the Pandavas and the Kauravas when they're in Gurukulam school uh, together, the, the gurus, the, the teachers of the school said, no, you have to, uh, uh, the new rule is um, nobody can uh, feed themselves, right? Uh, you, you, nobody, nobody's allowed to put food in their own mouth, right? And because they're, they're, they're fighting siblings, they don't know what to do, right? And so finally somebody figured out that if I take food and put it in somebody else's mouth, right? And I trust that somebody else can put food in my mouth. That's the way it works, right? So that's the way that oh, they were able to get a moral lesson. That if you eat yourself is one thing, but if you feed, if you can't feed yourself, you feed somebody else, somebody else will feed you. My Guru, you said we don't have to pray for you. Pray for others, other, pray, other people pray for us. You don't have to say, Ma, please bless me. You know, we, 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 Ma, please bless them. And I hopefully faith in such a community, you also pray for me. I pray for you, you pray for me like that. I, so the relationship between the gods and, and men are like this. So the story goes, right? They can feed themselves. We feed them through yagya, and they feed us through rain and and prosperity. Like this is the in the Gita, you said this is a the Vedic. This is a cow of plenty. This relationship of mutual satisfaction between the gods and humans. Right. So with no Vedas, the gods couldn't be couldn't eat. The gods couldn't eat. They began to starve. They lost their power. Nobody paid attention to them. Even if they have, you know, it's like. It's like a famous person has no money and nobody and they're not popular anymore. You know, it's like it's just, what do you do? They're embarrassed and they go hide and they go hide in caves in the Himalayas. So that whenever things get bad, they go up to the Himalayas and they hide in caves. So the story goes. And so and and what happens on Earth? No more rain. No more rain means no more grass. No more grass means no more cows. No more cows mean no more milk. No more milk means I mean you can you can go like this. There's no there's no farming. There's no everything begins to become desolate no more rain no no wind no uh, no none of the seeds are sprouting the whole thing becomes uh, desolate so the brahmins they say they go into the himalayas and they do uh, thousands of years of um of uh, uh, prayers to adyashakti uh, um ma please come please come please come when she appears to them she says she appeared in a form very beautiful and she has a hundred eyes Right, and she has. I think she has in her hands, in her 
right in her right hand she holds arrows and a lotus in her left hand she holds i'm forgetting just now one of the things she has a, a bow like if you have arrows you have to have a bow and vegetables right and she has a hundred eyes and she's blue right like that the infinite sky very beautiful description is very beautiful right um and she says what do, what do you want she says ma look right the vedas are gone Right, this demon has taken, uh, has stolen the Vedas, so he could, with uh, uh, with the gods weak, he took over heaven. Now the gods have run away and hiding in caves like cowards. Right, the demon is controlling everything, and we're starving. The whole world's look, look, look. And when she saw, she said, with her hundred eyes, she began to cry. Right, and so when her hundred eyes means all the uh, rivers and lakes and ponds got filled with her tears. Right, I'm remembering a story. Uh, Ram Priyadas, he, he tells, he has connections. I think there was a, a some, some, uh, some lake, some rains and lake problem in, 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 in high mountains of Hawaii, right? And um, the, some grandmother said, if we go and, and put our tears in the lake, then the lake will fill. And they did that. It went them, they cried, and they filled it with tears, and then rain came and I don't know the full details of the story, but to me, it's the same type of story, right? By her tears, the lakes are filled. And then seeing everybody starving from her hands, all the vegetables there, she gave uh, vegetables and grains and replanted everything. And then she said, but, but what caused this? She says, well, they stole in the Vedas. He said, please give us the Vedic mantra. Teach us the Vedic mantras again. Okay. And she, gave, she released the Vedas again. And they started chanting, with the rain, uh, grass began to come, cows began to eat the grass, the cows began to give milk, they began to make ghee, they poured the ghee into the fire, that created rain, you know, pretty soon the cycle was broken, right? And so there's two names of the goddess, one is Shakambari, the giver of vegetables, this is one of the stories in, in this thing, the other is uh, Satakshi, the one who has a hundred eyes, she sees with a hundred eyes, or a thousand eyes, um, uh, when she appeared, she had. When she appeared, she 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 manifested all these different shaktis and began to fight. She 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 gave water, she gave vegetables to save people's lives. She restored the Vedas, but in order to restore the Vedas, she had, I'm sorry, she had to get the Vedas back from Durgama. And so when she attacked Durgama, Durgama attacked, and she manifested all these different shaktis, like in the Chandi, right? And but he killed all the shaktis or destroyed all the shaktis, and pretty soon they're one on one. Right, we find these the themes in the Chandi also where pretty soon it's one on one, and then she said that with she 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 shoots fourteen arrows at him, and destroying his horse, his charioteer, his two arm cuts off his arm, pokes out his eyes. It's a very typical type of thing, right? And then with a final arrow, she pierces his heart and he expires, right? And then she says, so the story goes, uh, to the to humanity, the Vedas are parts of my own body. The Vedas are my body, and this is a big part of Tantra. The uh, um, the Devi's body, my, the, your form, O Mother Lakshmi, is made only of mantra. Right? The mantra of the Vedas, the mantra of these, these divine sounds, these are my own body, so cherish them. These sacred mantra, these sacred traditions we have to cherish. Right? Great, if you lose them, great calamities will fall on you, as you have seen. Right. Henceforth, I will be known as Durga, because I killed Durgama, the demon Durgama. So that's one of the names why she got the name Durga, is by the killing of the demon Durgama. 
right? But then the Chandi, in the, we have the, 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 the more famous story of the of Mahishasura Mardini, created by the body, by the Shakti of all the gods and killing the demon, Buffalo demon Mahisha. But that's a fairly, I can't say lay, because these are all ancient traditions, but we find the first re- references of like in the fourth century, right? That the, 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 the iconography of the Mahishasura Mardini, right? So very interesting. So in the Chanta, and back to the Chandi, I thought that was an interesting story that most people have maybe never heard, or it's no longer told. So in the, what time is it? I'm, I'll see, I've, I spent an hour before, before getting to the verses I was going to get. This is my bad habit. The Chandi, the 700 verses, is very mysterious. It's a simple story, not that simple, but it's a story, and it starts with a by-the-way discussion about how Suvarni becomes Manu, right? There's a Manu, the, the, the presiding personalities of an age, kind of our Adam, we get the word man from Manu, right? Uh, uh, the first man of a, of, a, of a cycle, you could say. And we have, so far, there's there, the eighth one is Suvarni. How did he become, how did Suvarni become Manu? This is the question. So, and he says that, and so then, uh, um, uh, uh, a sage says this, and then a sage, another question asks, but who's, how did he become Manu? You said something, oh, it's by the grace of Mahamaya. He became Manu. Then the next question, who's Mahamaya? And so that, oh, that's a bigger question. So let me let me tell you another story. It's a, this is the way the Puranas are stories and stories and stories. But the Chandi is so mysterious. It could be the first verse. I'll give you an example of the first verse. The first verse says, listen, I shall tell you how Suvarni became the of the solar dynasty became the eighth Manu, right? If you know the key to understand what each syllable of the verse actually means, it actually says, please listen carefully. I'll explain to you the glory of the mantra Hrim. That's how it starts, right? So it's like all of a sudden, which, what, what does the story actually mean? Right, you know, so each verse like that can be has layers and layers of meaning. It has the obvious meaning of the of the narrative. It has a symbolic meaning, which is the way we've talked about it over the years of the battle, the inner battle between the gods and demons and the ego and the different tendencies, a sattva guna and raja guna and shakti. That's that's the level we interpret it. But to initiates, uh, uh, tantric initiates of shakti, pure shaktas, they will understand every verse as a as a mantra revealing very esoteric things about the devi. I, ha- I don't know how to do this, right? But there's people, I know people who say it, this is true. I've had it on, on, good, on good faith of a, from our, uh, a good tantric practitioner and guru and siddha. Uh, uh, he says, actually, if you know the, the key to understand the, the chandi, where you take like the first syllable, then you, I'm making this up, this is not exactly, then you let's say you count 15 syllables, right? And then you, ne- and you, ca- and you count that one, you do the next one. You count another 15 syllables, do the next one. But it's not like that. It's like, it's like one, 15, and half of that is, 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 is nine. And, you know, it's like there's, there's a pattern for that. If you do that pattern, the entire Chandi uh, recites what's known as the Sri Vidya Mantra. These syllables, there's a very esoteric syllables in the Sri Vidya tradition. I'd, I've not seen it. I don't know how to do it, right? But this is like, so even there's, there's month, even independent, independent of the story, independent of the interpretation, independent of how each verse reads something tantric, like the definition of it, just at the syllable level, it has mysterious uh, tantric uh, um, correspondences. Very interesting, right? But that's not our, we'd have, we, not only, I wish, I, I mean, I'd, 
if I knew, I probably wouldn't tell you, and I, but I don't know, so I'm not going to tell you the truth. Or I don't know how that works, right? But uh, uh, I think people even have done things like that with the Bible. I mean, the nature of mystical language, that you start taking syllables and counts certain syllables, you get all kinds of interesting patterns, right? But the chandi is, 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 is likely, because I've seen hints of it. Um, right, so, in the, so I'll tell, and very briefly, I'll tell the, 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 the what do they call it, the um, frame story, right? When the question is, oh, Suvarni became the eighth Manu by the grace of Mahamaya. Who's Mahamaya? Listen to a story, I'll tell you who Mahamaya is. Right, so this is interesting. Mahamaya only appears in the Chandi in the first chapter. It's never repeated again. So this is, uh, even though the rest of the stories are still describing what Mahamaya is, but it's only, the term is only Maya and Mahamaya is only used in the first chapter. He says, let me tell you a story. Once a long, a long time ago, there was a king named Surata, right? And, and who, by, uh, 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 he was a very powerful king. And one day when he went, uh, uh, he, got, he was attacked by an inferior army, right? Just a few people, right? And he was defeated, right? And so he's, he's living in his home, but his fa also, you're, you're a defeated king, right? Being kept almost as a, uh, what is it? You know, it's a, he's not kicked out, but being controlled by a superior king, like a pup, like a pup, like a puppet, right? And then pretty soon your family doesn't respect you anymore. Your your wife doesn't respect you anymore. Other kings don't respect you anymore. And so it's become very humiliating because not like he like had a big battle and he lost. He had a big battle with an inferior enemy and he lost. And so he's not just been rejected because he's lost. He's rejected because of how he lost and whom he lost to, to inferior forces, small thing. And actually we see, given the uh, a, a spiritual, inter uh, symbolic interpretation of the story, we find ourselves in a similar situation, right? We lose, we lose our, we lose sometime our sovereignty, our divine dignity, not because of, oh, you know, Satan. I battled Satan and he won, because he has a whole horde of demons, is because of a, of a little bit of ego that polluted everything and I said the wrong thing and now she's pissed off at me and everything gets lost. Right or some lust or some greed or some stupid due to some insecurity we make the wrong decision you say the wrong, you know it's like something small we lose everything for something embar we're embarrassingly small right and you know so, uh, uh, so he so one day pretending he's going hunting he goes to the forest and he leaves he says I can't I can't do with it I can't do with my family I can't do with the 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 the, the, the winning king. Right, I'm going, and he goes, he says, I go to the forest, there's yogis in the forest, I want to, I need to talk to some yogis, right? And there, while he's in the, in the forest, he meets another, he comes upon another person named, a merchant named, anybody remember? Oh. You. No, I don't. Samadhi, that's right, <laughs> correct, <laughs> Samadhi, right? And so, uh, 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 and he says, and Samadhi, he's just like depressed and looking wistfully, and the king says, hey, my brother, what are you? Why are you out here? You look like your mind's beautiful. I'm not going to read the verses, but it looks like your mind's very far from its goal. To me, it's a very deep. This is our problem. We we we're wandering around with our minds very far from what our real goal is, right? And he goes, "You see, you've asked me very nicely, so I'll tell you." He says, "My family, um, they've 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 thrown me out, right? I'm their loving father." I've done everything for them. They threw me out. My parent, my children, everybody threw me out. Right? He says, so, but why, why are you so upset if you throw out? Good, be written, good, good riddance. They're unappreciative, right? You know, but still, 
are they okay? Are they happy? Right? You know, it's like, and then the king's thinking, I'm thinking the same thing. Even though I've been defeated, I'm still thinking, is my, he's exactly thinking, is my elephant happy? Right? Is my elephant being well treated? This, this is what he's exactly thinking in the middle of all this. Is my, are my children behaving well? Are they doing good in school? The equivalent of this, you know? Um, um, he says, why, so he says, why is it that we're attached to the very things that cause our suffering? So this is a bigger question. We're far from our goal. You know, Samadhi and Surata find themselves. We find ourselves in a situation. Why? This is a fundamental problem. Why? What is it that makes us attached to the very things that cause our suffering? Right? This is the question. So then they go to the third character, the sage, the Rishi, Medas. And we mentioned when we started our discussion, Saraswati, one of her name is Medas. So Medas, so these three characters are very interesting. Surata, Surata has been interpreted different ways. One way to interpret Surata is good chariot or good cart. Surata has other meanings also, right? But it's been interpreted to be good behavior, proper behavior, or dharma, right? And samadhi, we know the word samadhi means a spiritual union, meditative absorption with God, uh, non-dual union with God, right? So we can interpret. This has been interpreted as samadhi and Surata are the external and the internal goals of religion. Dharma is the external goal, and union is the internal goal, right? So we have, of course, both we need. We need both of these, but actually, some people need one or the other. You know, a king, his dharma is not samadhi. His dharma is dharma, is to, is rule proper rulership. You know, it's like you know, but to a yogi, the dharma, uh, the behavior in the world is less important than it becomes meditative union. And medas is what to happen when they don't know what's wrong. Where do they go? They try to. We have to. We can go to a sage. Right, oh Swamiji, oh Guruji, what is it that's causing? I'm I'm attached to the thing that caused me suffering. You know, of course you are, and everybody's attached to the thing that causes suffering. Uh, but also, this can we can go to a sage, we can go to an ashram, we can go to a hermitage, right? Or you, go, you can Google Google uh, what the causes are, what causes attachment, <laughs> and see what comes up. Um, modern day version, right? Is a, a website for everything. Um, or or. Symbolically, Medas is our higher refined intelligence, right? So what happens when we find ourselves daily with these situations, we can, we can go, we can contemplate and find the answer, right? Either we can get externally to a sage or internally to, a, to our own higher refined intelligence, right? And so he says, he says, uh, uh, Rishi, oh, best among the Brahmanas, he says, uh, the, uh, best among the Dwijas, the twice born, what, this is my problem, this, this, uh, her, this, uh, I'm, uh, the, the Samadhi, the merchant, has the same problem. What is it that causes it? He says, oh, it is Mahamaya. Same thing. So again, this was word, you know, by the grace of Mahamaya. So now, who does Mahamaya? Oh, I'll tell you what Mahamaya. So this is, in a certain sense, a description of the mantra, or the word Mahamaya. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm just going to read one verse from that conversation. This is... Uh, uh, This is verse 55 of the first chapter. Jnani nam api chittam sihi devi bhagavati hisaha baladak krishna mohaya mahamaya prayachati Something like that. O goddess, she, she, the goddess Bhagavati, Bhagavati Devi, Devi Bhagavati Hisa. 
this goddess, of course, Bhagavati, we know the term Bhagavan, Bhagavan, the one who possesses all power, Bhagavati, she really, Bhagavan's power is from Bhagavati, right? Uh, Shaktiman's power is Shakti, right? So the, that goddess Bhagavati, so who, Mahamaya is not just a thing, it's a person, or a goddess, or, or, or the goddess, the god, Bhagavati. She, that Devi Bhagavati, the supreme goddess, right? Uh, Bala, Bala, with great power, pulls the mind, right? Of even the wise. Mohaya Mahamaya, that Mahamaya pulls the mind of even wise sages, of, of, of intelligent, realized people, and, and puts it into Maya, Mahamaya, in delusion. Right? So it's like, who is Mahamaya? She is the Supreme Goddess. By her power, even the, not just you, O king, and you, O, o uh, um, uh, merchant, not just you, Atmaram and Rishi and Ananda, right? Even Rishis. And actually in the Devi Bhagavatam, we don't like to talk, the church, in the Devi Bhagavatam is also a harsh text, right? Where there are even our most favored Rishis, uh, Sanuka and Narada and Vishwamitra and 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 Vashishta and, and, and Vyasa, all of them also get, become completely deluded and do the most horrible things, right? But it's not because they want to do the most horrible things, right? They're made to do the most horrible thing, but she bewilders them. Her will is supreme. Part of her will is to bewilder everything. She is Mahamaya. And so this verse to me is a very is one of the verses we chant in the Saptasloki, the seven verse Chandi. It's the first verse of the, of the section. When he says, actually, then, then Medas, he says, actually, it's Mahamaya. Who's Mahamaya? It's by her power, she deludes everything, and by her grace, she reveals everything. So Sri Ramakrishna used also, he liked this verse and he his whole commentary on Maya is based upon this idea of Avijamaya and Vijamaya. Avijamaya is the power of Maya that bewilders, covers. We call it Avija ignorance, right? Afskates. We don't see what's there. We don't see the reality. And Vijamaya is also a power, right? Control, who is Devi Bhagavati, that reveals, that uncovers. That by by great and so there's verses I don't have but you, but but made us say made us, uh, Rishi made us says this is when she when we forget her right then we're deluded when we pray to her we she reveals herself right something like that mm-hmm. right because so th- that's so it's a very important thing is that what does that mean in these verses it says she is everything. Right, she's a, she is everything. She's a transcendent reality. The verses are there. She's nitya. She's unchanging, the eternal. Right. She's also the world. She appears the eternal, the unchanging, the the uh, timeless, appears as a world of names, form, uh, form, name, form, and causation. Right. Appears as time, as, as space, as movement, as the world, jagat. Uh, Jagat, uh, the word actually is, is Jagat, uh, the the moving, vibrating world, right? And Vish, uh, Vishwa, the, the 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 limitless universe and the vibrating universe. She appears as that, right? right. So it's interesting that she appears. She's the transcendent who has appeared as everything, right? So there's our problem, right? Because here we see everything, right? But what happens when we see everything? We we can if we're if can't say if we're not careful. You have to be really careful, right? 
we don't see the unchanging. We see the changing. The unchanging has become the changing. The eternal has become the man. The unmanifest has become manifest, right? And in the process, we say, oh, wow, manifestation, right? And, and what do we miss? We miss the unmanifest. We lose it, right? So we, it, uh, the Brahman has become the world, right? So we see the world, what happens? We should be seeing, oh, wow, Brahman has become the world. Awesome, right? Sages see it that way. Sri Ramakrishna said that at the highest realization, when one, one was actually thinking, look how God has become everything. The 24 principles, the tattvas, everything in this universe. Yad, what is it? Yad uh, Sarva One who exists in all beings, in all elements, in everything. In the form of Matti Rupena, Shakti Rupena, Laja Rupena, Lakshmi Rupena, all the, is a form of everything. These are verses in the Chandi also, right? That's, the thing is, that's the truth, and sages see it. But we don't see it. We see a world and go, where is God? Right? We're only looking at God. She's become everything. And we think, where is God? That's the problem, right? So if you look at an example that uh, Shankara gives, if you see waves, you, and you see, where is water? Right? Of course, waves are nothing but water. Right? But if you, if you concentrate on waves, you don't see water. It's an interesting. You see waves. But you're seeing only water. And as soon as you see water, it's like, ah! Two things happen. When you see the water, the waves disappear. But then that's what a certain really but then you can also hold you can you can see you can you can see water and waves at the same time. It's not that hard. It takes a little bit of practice, right? And you're like, wow, water. <laughs> Look how wonderful water has become waves. Right? And then you don't get lost. So the thing is so that that's Mahavidya. Avidya Maya, Mahamaya, Avidya Maya, she's we we lose ourselves. We lose her when she manifests as the world's Mahavidya. But then we can ask, Ma, please let us see you. Please let us remember you. Right? Sri Ramakrishna prayed, Do not delude me by thy worldly witching Maya, he said. Another way to say it is, Sri Ramakrishna would pray, Ma, don't let me forget you. Right? In this world, which is only you, let me see you. Let me see only you. Right? And, and, and what happens? She withdraws her Avidya Maya. And that's called Vidya Maya. She gives the wisdom to see, the, the perception, the subtlety, the, 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 the uh, consciousness to see what's actually here. Not even verse 1. It's all right. So in this, uh, when he says that, he says, you mentioned Mahamaya. Who is this Mahamaya? He says, like, it, 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 explain that. I don't understand. What is, you keep mentioning this Mahamaya. Bhagavati Mahamaya, you even say. That Supreme Devi Goddess Bhagavati Mahamaya. If she's a goddess, that means she must do stuff. She must have done stuff. She must have a personality, a form. What are her exploits? When was she born? What has she done? What is she, uh, if we pray to her, what will happen? How do you pray to her? These are the questions when you say something, when you say that it's not just a principal Mahamaya, it's Devi Bhagavati Mahamaya. Right? So then well, tell me about this goddess. And so now he tells, ten minutes I shall tell you, with he tells, uh, 700 verses. He begins to tell three stories. The first story is the only one where, he, where Mahamaya is mentioned, right? And that's the story of Madhu and Kaitaba. And, and uh, uh, when, it's a story where Lord Vishnu, he says, the beginning of time, before time, before creation, in between creations, after the last destruction, before the. What happened? Vishnu is lying in the causal ocean, Karana Sagara, Shira Sagara, the ocean of causality, potentiality, right? And he's laying on the dormant coiled um, Anantashesha, the serpent, right? Right, and he's asleep. He says, then he uses this term that's only found in the first chapter. 
he says not just Mahamaya, he says yoga nidra right this is the this sleep of yoga right it's not just sleep it's been she's been put to sleep right yoga is a direct uh, power of god right she's been he vishnu has been put to sleep right and so this is the yogis have given all kinds of interpretation the interpretation is obvious uh, that in between vishnu in the, vishnu means means uh, uh, consciousness I'm not going to define, but how the word Vishnu comes about and Vishwas and spread. I mean, it's a it's a it's a reference for consciousness when given in, in symbolic language. Consciousness is asleep in in the potential form, in the potential in in coiled in in the snake, which is Kundalini. So this is before manifestation, right? We all know the story. From that sleeping Vishnu springs a lotus. We all know the story, right? On that lotus blooms the lotus then Lord Brahma is there and Lord Brahma the opening of the Bhagavatam states this the story is also told uh, even this version of the story is almost told in the um, Mahabharata also but in the Bhagavatam it starts with this he opens his eyes and in the Bhagavatam it says he sees only darkness right and then he says oh and then he hears tapa 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 and he closes eyes and meditates and goes back into the into the um, into the um uh, stock and find Vishnu, hears the Vedas and creates the world. That's the way the normal story is. In this story, he sees only darkness. And what does he look around? He sees there's, right now there's only sleeping Vishnu, an ocean of potential, a non-manifested potentiality, and Brahma. Wait, and But says that from the ears, from the dirt, from the wax of the ears of Vishnu, of sleeping Vishnu, come to insect worm like gnat like creatures that um uh, madhu and kaitava right and uh, 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 in the mahabharata it says that he sees oh and, and when, when madhu and kaitava wake up and see what do they do they like they're demons they have that nature oh no let's let's and they see who's around it's like oh there's that guy on that lotus let's get him there's the nature of a demon right and so let's go kill him and take his lotus well, kill him, take his lotus. This is a demon's mentality, right? And so in the Mahabharata, he, gym, he simply yanks on the lotus, wakes up Vishnu, and Vishnu kills the demons, right? But this is not a, this is a Shakta text, the return of the story from a pure Shakta tradition, right? Vishnu, he yanks, we can say, okay, he yanks on the lotus, and Vishnu doesn't wake up. Vishnu, help! He doesn't wake up. Why? Because he's been put to sleep. He, his, that Tamaguna, ignorance, is Mahamaya. It's Devi herself. So what do you do? You pray to Devi. Withdraw yourself from Vishnu. Oh Ma, withdraw your veiling power and let me see you. That's how we would say it in, in our own prayer, right? Withdraw your veiling power, withdraw. And so he prays. In the Devi Bhavatam, the story is elaborately told uh, uh, um, that uh, uh, Kaita, Madhu and Kaitaba, at that beginning of creation, there's not much, there's only Saraswati's vibration, the beginning of manifestation, the mantra Aim. Saraswati Bija. Hearing that, they meditate on Saraswati, these two demons, they get a boon of Saraswati, right? That nobody can kill them unless they choose. That's not told in the Bhagavad in the Chandi, but it's on the Devi Bhagavatam. But anyway, they see what's this boon, they see, hook, hook, let's go test our boon, let's go fight somebody. There's that old man on the on the flower, let's get him and steal his flower. So then he realized he's not waking up, so she he begins to pray, called the Brahma Brahma Stuti. Uh, also known as the uh, Tantraktam Arakti Suktam, the Tantric Hymn of Night. I'm running definitely out of time. Um, actually, in the Chandi, is not chanted at night, but this verse can be chanted at night. Because it was chanted before there was sun and moon. 
right? There was before before day and night. It was a tantric hymn of night, right? And so he prays basically these very beautiful prayers. And what are these prayers? I'm going to recite a few of them. Um, but you are the you are manifested in this world. You are the transcendent. You are this world, right? Uh, another theme of the Chandi, not only is it, 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 it she's transcendent, transcendent reality, the manifest reality, but she also acts. In the in here, she's not really incarnated, but in the next story of Mahishasura as a Durga, as Kali, as Chandi, all these different forms, she also acts in this world. She interacts in this world also. But he starts Brahmu Vacha, Twam Swaha, Twam Swaha, Twam He, Vashat Kara, Saratmika, Shudha Twam Mas. Ma, uh, Maksare nityam matrat mika sitaha. You are, it starts with some, actually this first mantra, the first two mantras are full of Vedic uh, ritual imagery that to a lot of people now, we don't have this knowledge, but we can still, it, it pulls from a lot of, from the ancient world, something that's very important. You are swaha, you are swadha. These are, we go om, Vishnave swaha, right? What do we do? Swaha. It says in the Chandi, Chandi itself says, by the mantra Swaha, all the gods are satisfied. With the mantra Swaha, Swadha, all the ancestors are fed. Right, so these mantras, Swaha and Swadha, you are these mantras. Basically it's saying you are the Vedic mantras. That's a simple way of saying. You are the, the mantras by which we interact with the divinities. We interact with the god, with our ancestors, the way we interact this whole world. You are Swaha, Swadha, Vashatkara. Right. Vashatkara is a little difficult. I've translated it as you are the embodiment of pure sound, but Vashat has a particular meaning, which I won't go into. It's, I have three minutes. Uh, uh, so I'll go a little over. Shudhatvam, you are Shudhatvam. You are the pure, you are pure sound. Not only you are Vedic mantras, beyond Vedic, you are the purest sound. What's the purest sound? Om. You are Om itself. Right? Nitya Tridham you are you are uh, you are the eternal essence of all letters from Matrika Nitya Matrika Mika and you are the embodiment of the three vowels. All letters, every letter is you. You are pure sound. You are the Vedic mantras, you are pure sound, you are all the letters and you are the three syllables. What are the three syllables? A U M Om and you are Om. Arda Matra Sita Nitya, you are also the half sound. How do you pronounce the half sound? Many commentary has been given, and we understand this verse, that Om goes into a silence. There's a way of pronouncing Om, right? Where the mm, mm goes, it, it, it's, it doesn't end, it's not, it doesn't end, it trails. The, uh, that Chandra Bindu, that, it, that, that you are special, you are the half syllable, which goes into the silence, which goes back into the pure sound. You're, and it's special mode of pronunciation. You are Sandhya, you are this juncture of time when we recite mantras. You are Savitri. You are the goddess of the sun. You are the goddess, the mother of all the gods, actually. right? You are the goddess beyond all born beings. Savitri Chamdevi Janani Para. You are the, 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 you are the, you are the mother. You are beyond the mother. You are the, beyond the gods. You are beyond even the idea of mother. Vishwam. This universe. Vishwate. Tad. Dharyate Visham. This whole universe is sustained by you. You're the sustaining power, right? Uh, this perceivable world is created by you, right? 
and Twaye Tat Palyate Devi, and you protect this world is sustained by you, this world is created by you, and this world is protected by you. In other words, you also incarnate, you also interact. You're your personal deity also that comes and saves us. You protect the, 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 your children. You protect your world. <clears throat> and, uh, O Divine Goddess, you are Matsyante Cha Sarvada. You are the goal, the aim and object, the final uh, supreme goal of all. Um, you, as creator, you exist in the form of your creation. Vishrito Shristirupatvam. Uh, you are the creator and you are creation. That's a very interesting idea. You, you, Sri Ramakrishna gave the example of, of a, um, what is it? Um, uh, a spider uh, giving its web out of its navel. I'm not sure if that's the way spiders work, but this is uh, Thakur's example. That he creates the, a web out of itself. Right? It's, it comes from her and it's, it's also an extension of the spider. Right? And, what, and, it, and it lives in the web. So not, you're the creator, you're the thing you created, and you live in the creation. And and anybody, you know, some fly comes here, you run, you know, you you're con- you're fully conscious, acting, being in, in this creation. Um, you're the creator, you exist your creation. You are the support of all activities. You are destruction at the time of dissolution. Samhritirupante jagato sya jaganmaya, and you are the bewitcher of everything, the entire world. And this is my personal favorite verse. Right uh, in this section, Maha. Uh, this is when you start saying. Basically, you're saying you are everything. Maha Vidya. You are the great knowledge, the illuminating, pure realization and knowledge. Maha Maya. You are the great illusion, delusion, confusion. Right. Maha Mirha. You are the great, pure, subtle intelligence is described. Made us. Maha Spriti. You are great inte- remembrance. Right, your remembrance, maha moha. You are forgetfulness. Right, you are the you are knowledge. You are ignorance. You are intelligence. You are memory, and you are forgetfulness. In other words, we remember you by your grace. We forget you by your also not by your grace, by your grace also. She causes us to forget. She creates the world. We see the world. We forget her. But by her grace, if we ask her, Ma, please don't let us forget. Let us live in this world, but not forget you. Then all of a sudden, we see her. You are the great, uh, we are uh, Maha Smiti, Maha Moha, Cha Bhavati, O good woman, O dear goddess, right? Maha Devi, you are the supreme, you are the great goddess, Maha Suri, and you are the great demon, demoness. Now we're not saying Ma is a demon, right? But actually, she's everything, right? The things that we think, even these, this whole fight that's going on within us or externally she's playing all the parts actually there's only one person here right you know she's the one listening to me she's the one speaking through me she's the one looking at me the one looking back at you she's looking through all eyes hearing through our ears thinking through all thoughts you exist in the form of memory you exist in the form of forgetfulness these mantras are like that it's the only one here to me, this is this is like this. I think is like the right at the beginning. This crowning mantra, the, the interpretive tool of the, of the whole chandi uh, verse. You are you are you are memory. You are forgetfulness. You are Maya. You are avidya, uh, Mahamaya. You are Avidya. Avidya. Pakriti Sarvaravisha. You are nature. You are Pakriti. This moving, vibrating nature. This mother nature. You are Guna Traya Bhavavi. You are the the three gunas that make nature, right? 
Kalaratri, Maharatri, Moharatri, Chadharna. You are Kalalatri, the great, the dark, uh, uh, Kalaratri, the dark night. Right? Actually, one of the Navadurgas, Kalaratri, form of Kali. You are the dark night. You are Maharatri, the great night. Moharat, you are the night of delusion. In other words, at our deepest, darkest hour, she's that also. You see, we have this idea of the of the of um of um, um the night, dark night of the soul, the soul, the the, the what is it, the, something out of the cloud of unknowing. The mystics talk in this language also. You Tvam Shri Tvam Ishri Tvamhi. You are prosperity. You are the controller. You you are Ishri. You are humility. Your intelligence and you are the goal of knowledge. You are modesty, you are increase, you are contentment, you are peace, you are forgiveness. This is all nice philosophy, but she's also the goddess, right? She's also the Divine Mother Durga, she's the Devi herself. Now she holds sword. Pike, club, disc, conch, bow, and other weapons. And in this you present a very frightful form. She is a frightening this form of the goddess, right? Each of these can be interpreted, but we won't we don't have to definitely have done time that. Saumya Samya Tarashesha Samya Pashatvati Sundari Para Paranam Parama Tomeva Paramishri. You are frightening and you are Somya. Somya, you are beautiful, gentle. Gentle, I think, is a good word. Beautiful and gentle. You are the most pleasing, right? Hey, Somya. That's a that's refrained in the in the um, in the in the uh, Upanishads. The, the guru, hey, Somya. Oh, dear, beautiful, gentle boy or gentle girl. You know, the the very. You are the most not be beautiful. You're dear and beautiful and gentle, right? Right. Uh, your and your attractiveness and your beauty, Shesha Samya, it has no equal. You're the most frightening and the most beautiful, right? Para paranam parama tomeva parameshwari supreme you're supreme you're beyond the supreme you're beyond the supreme you transcend every conception you're beyond the beyond the beyond better is better than the better subtlest subtlest than the subtlest right uh, uh, you are you are thought perception whatever exists true sada uh, you are everything that is true and you are everything that's untrue. These are, these are good, uh, philosophers will go crazy with I think you are you are the truth and you are the untruth, not just your forget your confusion and remembrance. Even that which is untrue is only you, right? You can't th- you can't think any anyway. It's, it's, <laughs> get riled up and keep going. Uh, all whatever thought perception whatever exists true or untrue, all is pervaded by your power, right? Sarvasya ya shakti satvam. Everything is pervaded by your power. How then, if that's the case, what can we say? Of course, we just said a lot about it. He said big, powerful, sublime thing. But what can we say about you? This is exactly the idea that you're so immense that we can't say anything about you. Even we're saying about you, we're just trying to say something. Like holding examples, holding a candle in front of the sun. We, we, what can we say about you, right? And then it says... If he, Vishnu, Vishnu is God, in case you're wondering. He's the Supreme Lord. He's the, he's the sustainer of everything. He has been put asleep by your power. Right? If if Vishnu is asleep by your power, what, I mean, what can I say? What can I say to, to what can I say about you or to you? How can I praise you? 
right? If he, who is the cause of creation, preservation, and destruction of this world has been plunged into slumber, this yoga nidra by you, how then can we praise you? Vishnu, Shiva, and myself, mean Brahma. Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, we have, we, you have made us, you've created us, you've made us wear bodies. That's a big statement. So you're wondering, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, you have, who's the god of Hindus? Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, we have a trinity, right? Who's their god? They were created, made, and, and act on the, on the, according to the Chandi, right? In case you're wondering. Devi, <laughs> the, the supreme goddess of, the, of all the gods, uh, is, is, is Devi. Sorry, Guruji, the ah. neighborhood is completely full. Okay, okay. I got one verse. Uh, I have to finish it. We can't stop with one verse. You have made, okay, uh, O divine goddess, having been praised along with your glories, Please subdue the mighty uh, uh, forces of Madhu and Kaitaba with your power. This is greed and deceit by, by, by symbolic meaning. Please awaken Vishnu, the master of the world, that he may conquer these great demons. In the story, she withdraws herself from, from Vishnu. Vishnu awakens, sees the situation, and gives a great battle that lasts 100, 100 years or 1,000 years. The life of man, the, our, our full life, this happened. But remember, they had boons that they couldn't be killed without their decision. So then, even Vishnu has to pray to Mahamaya, right? She to delude them. What does she do? She gives a little ego. After a hundred years of fighting, they think, Ah, I'm very pleased with your. They tell Vishnu, I'm very pleased with your fighting. Ask a boon. <laughs> Let me kill you right now. They're, what to do? What to do? No, no, kill us where there's no land. At that time, there's only water. So Vishnu puts her on, on the lap, kills, and Brahma is, is, is saved. Uh, Madhu Kaitaba are destroyed. And I'm nine minutes late, and Usha's going to be angry. <laughs> so please, uh, thank you for your kind attention. This is a, 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 my favorite. This, these are my favorite topics. So I, can, I can talk for many, many days. I've talked for many, many days on these things. Jai Makali, Jai Makali, Jai Makali. You put save and then HD and then save. Yeah, there's still a few more. 
Is it still recording? Oh, yes.